Hey everyone, it's me, Olivia. And before this episode starts, I just wanted to say something. Um, I started a GoFundMe for myself for a procedure that I've been wanting for a really, really long time. I started my transition with little to no means, and I kind of put the idea of surgery out of sight, out of mind. I just put it out of my head. I told myself, you know, there's no way I can get it anytime now. Just don't even worry about it. And within the past year, you know, dealing with COVID, being locked at home, um, I definitely think all these emotions caught up with me and dysphoria has kind of uh, been kicking my ass. And um, I was talking with the surgeon. and I got this quote for $8,000. And we're going to go too in depth with what the procedure is right now. But by the price, you guys probably already know. Um, and I tried going through insurance, but obviously insurance doesn't help trans people because why would they? Um, and so it's been a really, really difficult process for me. So I started to go fund me and currently we are halfway to the goal, which is incredible. I'm going to set up my consultation soon. And this whole campaign has like looked really, really well and positive. And I've received support from people that I freaking went to high school with people. I barely talk with anymore have come out and supported me. And it just, it feels so affirming that all of you guys have supported me, my close friends and people that I used to know. And it's just, it's just really unbelievable. And I'm so, so thankful for every single person who has donated or shared. And it means so much to me. So I just wanted to start this episode by saying thank you to those who have donated. And if you are interested in donating and to helping me with my, uh, my surgery cost, um, there's a link um, in my Instagram and also my Twitter at Olivia Noel, O-L-I-V-I-N-O-E-L. And it's uh, the same on both um, Twitter and Instagram. But my GoFundMe link is listed on there. Um, it's also listed on the Girlish Podcast Instagram. So if you wanted to go uh, check there, the, the link is there. And it would mean the absolute world to me. We are halfway which is so much more than I, I would have ever expected. And I'm just, it, it feels like reality is coming to life and it's just so soon. And I'm, I'm, I just can't believe all of this is happening. So if you are interested in supporting me, please, please, please go check that out. But also again, thank you. You guys are changing my life. Everyone who has just participated and supported me with the kind words, all the donations, all the sharing, it just, it feels so affirming. I never would have imagined me being able to reach so many people and so many people supporting me. I started my transition with um, a lot of people kind of uh, just pushing me away. I lost a lot of family, a lot of close ones, and it's been a difficult uh, several years. But over the years, I've met incredible people. I've surrounded myself with an amazing uh, selected family and uh, the audience that Girlish and Gage and I have created and my YouTube channel has created has been super supportive. And I just want to say to the, when, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my life is changing and I'm like in awe. I'm just like, I'm speechless. So uh, yeah, thank you. If you're interested, everything's on Instagram. Um, I keep saying this, but thank you. All right. Enjoy the rest of the show. I was just about to start this podcast with my work opening. Oh my God. What are you saying? Thank you for calling. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. Okay. Um, anyways, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and I'm here with my co-host Olivia. Hey everyone, it's me. So we are back again with another episode this week. We actually have quite a bunch of new topics to talk about. There's a lot going on politically, also in the pop culture world in regards to trans people. So this is going to be kind of like a fun little conversation about all of the exciting news that's come out this week. Actually, yeah, most of it's exciting, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but I think the topics are pretty good. There's has been definitely a lot of progression within. um, I don't even want to say progression. I feel like uh, I felt like there's a lot of wrongs being right, uh, especially because um, of our administration we had um, that just got kicked out of office this year. Um, definitely a lot of things happen under like the Trump administration and then with a lot of new things coming out, uh, there's definitely a lot of wrongs being uh, right. So we'll definitely get more into that. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about all that stuff. But yeah, there's some pop culture stuff that like I think is really fun that um, I, I feel like is really big for the community as a whole. So I, I definitely am. I'm pumped to just kind of get into these. It's always so fun whenever there's like a fun news story. Every time we do these episodes, I always get like, sometimes we'll sit beforehand and like talk for like 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, what do we talk about today? And like, we just kind of do like quick research or whatever. Um, but like, there has been so much that has happened within the community. And it's, it's so fulfilling because it, it like it's so easy to talk about when you're talking about things you like to talk about. Yeah, I agree. And I I don't mind like obviously talking about important topics and educating people and going over things that people don't really want to talk about on a day-to-day basis. But also at the same time, it's just fun to like not have to sit here and have an entire hour-long exhausting conversation about how fucked up the world is and how like things need to change and us trying to advocate. So it's nice to talk like about lighthearted things like somebody coming out in the media or like the fact that our president is now not hating the trans community and the LGBT community. Those are just nice things to talk about in the midst of like educating and talking about more serious topics. Yeah. And you'll, we'll get definitely in more into uh, conversations even like regarding someone like Jojo Siwa who um, I think is incredible for recently coming out and what that means for uh, young people who look up to her. And um, yeah, we'll definitely get more into that because uh, those conversations are super, super important and super fun and super like, I don't know, it's just, it gives me so much joy knowing that there are these things happening in life that if I were a kid, I wish that like I would have experienced these. So it makes me happy looking at like, the direction of our future and how things are looking bright. But before we kind of get into all those fun topics, uh, we always like to do like little life updates. And I know you and I both have some transition updates, which I feel like after you've been on hormones for so long, sometimes I feel like your transition kind of slows down. So whenever you do have those like little updates, they're so important. So yeah, I just want to hear about yours and everything going on with you. Yeah, you said something that I was wanting to mention again, like something along the lines of the transition never stops, which is totally true. Like I've been on hormones for over five years and I would say in the last few months, so I take estradiol, progesterone, 
and spironolactone. And over the last few months, I haven't been taking progesterone because there's been some type of issue like getting refills at my pharmacy. So I just like kind of forgot about it and it fell off my radar. But um, I just went to go see my endocrinologist and I was able to start progesterone again. And I'm starting to notice things like my boobs hurt really bad, which is exciting, but also strange to me because that was like such a big part of my transition at the beginning, like in the first two years or so when my boobs were growing and then it completely stopped. I guess my boob growth was finished at that point. But now that like they're starting to hurt again and I'm noticing like they're growing, it's exciting. Like five years later after having the same chest size for years, it's like starting to, for whatever reason, grow again. So that's fun. And also we were talking kind of maybe be a little bit TMI, but everybody or most people know that once you start hormones for a lot of trans women, your libido kind of goes down due to the fact that your testosterone is being suppressed and estrogen is going up. So most people do say that they don't have a high as high of a sex drive as they did prior to starting their hormones. But for whatever reason, ever since I started progesterone, my sex drive is just going up and up and up every single day. And I literally just want to be penetrated like every day, which I know you, my I, I think the specific it. term you use when we're talking is being, what, did you say rammed? I actually said I want to have my guts rearranged, that's but nice I thought that was a little inappropriate. But now that <laughs> I said it, that's completely fine. Sorry. This is the unfiltered version, and that's just how I personally feel. I want to get my guts rearranged every day. So um, that's what's going on with me with my hormones. But yeah, that's so cool to hear, though. I've heard a lot that um, that like trans people even like four or five years after being on hormones, they'll still randomly experience like um, certain changes that kind of happen like abruptly. And so to see that like you starting on progesterone like again and how much that's helping, that's really awesome. Because yeah, sometimes that you can feel like so stuck and like like nothing is like happening. And um, and it's scary because you're like, oh, well, I guess like, like I, what are the next steps? How do I feel more affirmed? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's fun to see that, like, it's all working out. Yeah, it's, it was kind of, it's not necessarily discouraging, but even when you get used to like two years of constant boob growth or your body fat distribution, redistribution is changing or your face, facial structure is changing, like, once you have those long, long, long stagnant periods of time where you don't see anything, it's like the littlest thing makes you excited because it makes you feel like you're back at the beginning of your transition and you're like evolving again. So that's always fun. Yeah. I'm. It's anytime you get those like affirming moments of just like whether it's like the small thing happening to you where you're just like, wow, I really feel myself in my trans identity or I feel myself in my body feeling and looking good. Like those are always the best moments. And that's why I, I literally love estrogen so much. It's just, it's so fulfilling. It's amazing. Yeah. And, um, 
Yeah. Some days I'll forget in the morning. And like, I used to, it's funny because I used to have panic attacks of like, anytime I'd forget to take a pill, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get so ugly. But like, it happens, like, it's going to happen frequently because it's, it's unreasonable to like, not um, have a mess up here and there. It's, it's so normal. I've, did you ever have moments where you were like, oh my God, I forgot to take my pills last night. So I'm going to take double today. So like, (laughs) I actually haven't done that. I'm, I'm so scared to do that. I know I'd be fine, but I like, I haven't, I I get so much anxiety with medication. So I'm like, no, but I mean, I've heard people do that. I know people do that with, I think I've heard people do that with like birth control and stuff where it's like, oh, you miss a day, you take like double the next, but, um, yeah, I'm sure that's like completely safe. But uh, yeah, that's really funny. But no, I haven't. I haven't done that. Um, but I, I do get. I used to get really, really stressed whenever I would like miss an, a day. And sometimes I still will get like, oh my god, like I've been missing days like more frequently than I'd like. Then I get like this whole panic. Then I I get like my little pill counter. I, I'm like a fucking old ass woman <laughs> with like a little pill, like um, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? Those, like the like, little pill for the containers yeah yeah and so like it has like monday tuesday yeah so i i set it up and it's so funny because like i have i take so many pills a day that they don't even fit in them anymore so like i have to buy a bigger one but um yeah so it's i have to like fill it up to remember if i take it i don't know if you've ever like taken it and then like an hour later we're like wait have i taken it oh my god like almost every day i'm like did i take my this morning <laughs> honestly like when you're high all the time everything just honestly blends. yeah all the time just like blends together yeah. but um yeah so uh we yeah it's just like it's fun to um see those updates and those changes within like our bodies and, and everything like that um i'm trying to think oh for me uh the the update for my life and what's for what's happening with me, it's been really frustrating, I'd say. Um, really fucking frustrating. I'm I reached out to a surgeon regarding bottom surgery, uh, maybe like a year, a year and a half ago, and just to seeing if they take my insurance, because my insurance company said they did. I reached out and evidently he didn't take my insurance. Six months later or so, he messages me, he emails me, and he's like, Hey, like I think we take your insurance now. Uh, we probably, I think we take it. And he was like, just send your information to me. And then, so I sent the information and uh, I had to wait like weeks. And then finally they responded like, no, sorry, we don't take it. And so I'm like, what the fuck? You get my hopes up. And then I'm just like crashed down. And then it happened another time where he like reached out to me. It was like, we have updates in our system. I think we take your insurance now. And then, so I messaged my stuff. And then once again, we're like, yeah, like, no, we don't take it. And so I'm like sitting here super frustrated because I don't know, like, I don't know how many people listening are trans or who have, um, are looking forward to getting surgery or have gone surgery, but that anticipation, that buildup, that like gut feeling in your stomach of how bad you want it and that eagerness of, can I get it or not? It's so, it's so draining. It's just like, it's like a bunch of adrenaline and once like you get hit with like the bad news and you just kind of like crash. And so that's kind of what I was feeling. But um, I've been thinking constantly about uh, getting a breast augmentation, but it's like really hard for me to kind of find like the kind of surgeon I want to, someone who I feel like is trans inclusive. 
And I know a lot of insurance doesn't accept, most insurance don't accept breast augmentations if you're a trans patient. Some do. Um, so I've been like anticipating that. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is a surgery that's reasonable, that's not overwhelmingly priced, that I can potentially manage some sort of monthly payment plan if I decide to. So I decided to use this opportunity now that I was speaking to the direct people who ran like the the finance um, or whatever, the sales. I was like, okay, well, give me a price for breast augmentation. I really need to know because I need to not feel so stuck, which I've been feeling stuck for a little bit. So I'm waiting on that. I'm waiting to see if possibly there is a way for me to get um, breast augmentation, which would be great. I would love that so much. I wonder if doctors' offices and like surgeons know how stressful this whole process is for us. Cause like it sucks to get your hopes up to think that you're going to get an affirming surgery somewhere and then something as stupid as them saying, oh, sorry, we don't take your insurance. Like in your case, I feel like they should have still had all of your information and I don't know. I, they should have been able to tell if they did. Yeah, they should have ran it again rather than you. having to reach out to me again. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like there's – I don't think a lot of people realize that you can't just go get surgery. Like if you want to pay out of pocket, it might be a little bit easier. But I don't know a lot of people that have $30,000, $50,000 just laying around to pay for surgery. Most of us try and go through insurance and that is a pain if you don't have insurance. And then you have to get all of these referrals from doctors and psychologists and all of this extra ass stuff that probably adds on like an additional six months to a year to your surgery time because you have to get all of this settled before you can actually confirm a date for your surgery. So I just wish that doctor's offices and I guess more cosmetic places were kind of aware of how stressful it is because that's such a stupid thing to reach out to you to say, oh, hey, we might be able to cover it, but oh, just kidding. We can't. I just double checked and we can't do it anymore. Like that's so stupid. Yeah, I don't I think it's the worst thing because like you said, like you have to go through all these steps. So I'm like, oh wait, I might my insurance might be accepted. Now I'm looking and seeing what doctors will write me a referral for it. And I have to like stress about like, oh, can I reach out to my old therapist and will like he still write me a referral? Um, can that work? And then I'm thinking in my head, okay, do I have enough money to get laser hair removal if I need laser hair removal? Some doctors do it without, but I'm not sure his process. And then I saw on his website, you have to like pay for a consultation or something, which is insane to me. But then I'm like, do I have enough money to afford that? So I'm like doing all this math in my head, waiting for the response, um, getting like excited, nervous, stressed out, and then just for it to be like, oh, not for nothing. So that's why it's like super upsetting dealing with all this insurance stuff. And that's why you and I always talk about how exhausting it is. Like insurance is so exhausting and having to run through that. But they definitely should have just re-ran my insurance and not have contacted me because that definitely that definitely put a lot of stress on me. Did I tell you I'm still like waiting to get my deposit back from my surgery in 2019? Wait, are you I serious? Yeah, I emailed them and I was like – Hey, like I paid $5,000 for the deposit, but they said that once my insurance took care of it, that they would reimburse me for anything that my insurance would cover. And my insurance ended up covering like pretty much all of my surgery except for like $2,000 worth of um, like anesthesia and additional stuff. So 
hypothetically, if I paid $5,000 and I only owe $2,000, they should be reimbursing me $3,000. And I reached out to them and they were like, oh, um, we probably already issued it in the mail. And I was like, okay, well, I haven't gotten anything. Can you double check? And the guy was like, okay, I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to reach out to our finance team. And I'm still waiting for him to to email me back. It's been like over a week at this point. So I need to follow up with them again. It's just like so annoying. That's awful. I mean, the the, the pricing for everything is like, in, and that's a lot of money for a down payment, $5,000 to put yeah, it for a down payment. Exactly. That's a lot for them to not like, um, to, uh, yeah, I put it like a, like I put a thousand dollars in a security deposit for my apartment and like, I expect them to give it back to me the moment I move out. And so like, um, I'm like, I know how, like, cause that's a lot of money. Um, and yeah, I just, I, that I can't imagine after having surgery for that long, you already like have had your year anniversary of your surgery and, and you're still fucking waiting for that check. It's so discouraging. Which, I feel like that's su- one of the reasons why I'm like holding off getting more surgeries because of how stressful it was the first time. And I'm like, I, I want more obviously but it's like with everything going on in the world and how stressful it is like is it worth all of that energy right now or should I just wait because like I still like I said don't even have my deposit back for my first surgery yeah I mean it sucks because like you you, like people take out loans for stuff like this so they expect to get that money back because they're they're told they're gonna get that money back so like uh, it's, yeah, it seems like so like slimy. Yeah. She was like, and that's we may why have I- sent it in the mail. Okay. Well, it's been two years. If I haven't gotten in this point, it's probably lost in the mail. Like, hello. And this is why people always talk about how like the United States has such a fucking flawed, like insurance whole pro- like process. Like insurance is insane. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, like private insurance is like really great. Um, there's so much like there's so much great stuff in it because you get to choose like what you want and like, but like, it really isn't great. I just want to be able to afford a surgery um, and not have to think twice about it, not having to think twice on if I'm going to have to take out loans to pay for it off or if I'm going to have to wait fucking 10,000 years to get reimbursed. Um, Yeah, that's, that's, I'd be so mad. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm not like, I don't want to complain too much because I am grateful that I had insurance that paid for almost all of it and I was able to get the surgery. It's just kind of annoying. Like times are kind of tough out here and the fact that I have money that should be mine that's not here yet and it's been two years is kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm like, I'm so mad for you. Uh, But yeah, I mean, surgeries are are dumb. They're expensive. Well, they're not dumb, but... um, it's definitely it's definitely a hard process to kind of like get going and once it it does even like it does it, it, there's so much stress behind it because it's like when does the official surgery end because if you're still dealing with this has your surgery really ended if you're still having to like pick up all this stuff years and years yeah. like later I mean it was worth so. it but like it's yeah. just stressful to deal with all this extra mm-hmm. shit on the back end Right I mean and like obviously like the the whole procedure and everything went really really well but it's like, it's all that back end shit, like all the after that you have to like worry about. And I'm like, I just wish that you could just like have your surgery, be pretty, and then just say, fuck off. I know. 
and then not have to deal with anything. I wish I could just like be wheeled out of the emergency room without paying, (laughs) just like go on the run. (laughs) Oh my God. Could you imagine? That'd be so fucking awesome. But yeah. With that being said, I think, yeah, we can kind of jump into today's topics. Um, And yeah, do you want to start the first one? What would you like to do? Yeah. So um, we have kind of like three different segments or news topics that we're going to talk about. The first one being Elliot Page. So we did talk about Elliot Page coming out as trans a couple months ago. Um, it was revealed earlier this week that they are getting a divorce from their wife. And the reason I wanted to talk about it specifically is because there was a lot of conversations going on about like how does a partner deal with the fact that somebody that they were previously dating has like transitioned and they're now going to be identifying as a different gender. Um, that was something that I saw a lot on Twitter. So I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about, you know, what exactly happens. I don't have firsthand experience, but like how I guess the mechanics of a relationship can change when somebody comes out as trans. Because that, I mean, technically you're the same person, obviously, but there are a lot of changes physically that happen that the other person in the relationship might not know how to handle. Yeah. And so we're not speculating anything. We're not speculating that because Elliot is trans, that that's the reason why his wife is, and, and him are separating. Yeah. Um, but I think it, we're just more of having that conversation of of like what being trans means for a relationship. Because I know they separated evidently last summer and then they're officially getting a divorce. So we're, I'm not sure if it did have anything to do with his transition or with him being trans. But in the case of, of that, that is the case. In the case of like that whole idea. Yeah, I think it's important to kind of talk about how a dynamic in a relationship can change if if one of the par- persons come out as trans or whatever it may be. Cuz I'm I know that's like a that's a really really hard thing for a relationship. Like um I'm fortunate that my partner knew I was trans when I got into the relationship. So, it wasn't like this big shocker when I started transitioning or anything like that. She was fully accepting. But if it if it's something that and you're not really like if you go into a relationship with and you're not like there's not that discussion or or you haven't come to terms with yourself yet and you do end up deciding to be trans, that definitely is a big, uh, big thing and can, I know, affect a lot and has affected a lot of people's relationships. Yeah. And you definitely get used to like a certain dynamic in a relationship, uh, say like if you are in a heterosexual relationship and one of the people in that relationship comes out as trans um, and by definition that relationship could potentially turn into like um, a gay relationship and I know there are a lot of instances where the partners will continue to love and support their partner and there are also instances where they still love and support their partner but the change in their gender identity is something that wasn't able to keep their relationship together. I I don't exactly know. Again, I'm not trying to make it like any type of speculations as to why they particularly got divorced. But I do know that for some couples, it's a little bit challenging for 
the other partner to kind of wrap their head around the fact that my partner no longer identifies as this way, the way that I've seen them and loved them for the past however many years. And now they are completely different. And I'm, I don't think it's really fair for anybody to like automatically assume that just because a couple separates after one of them comes out as trans that their partner is like transphobic or they hate them. I think it's still very possible to have a very loving relationship and be supportive of your partner. But sometimes that just isn't enough for their relationship and their intimacy to continue in the same way. And that's perfectly fine. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they are transphobic. It just means that in their personal relationship, that's not something that they were able to resolve in order to keep their relationship going. And at the end of the day, no, nobody really knows like from the outside, unless you're actually in that relationship, you don't really know what's going on. So, I mean, people can make speculations all day if they want to, but at the end of the day, it's between those two people. And if that's the way that their relationship is going to go, and if that's the direction that they would like to take it, that's their own business. And I, I don't really think it's fair to make any assumption. So that's basically what I, why I wanted to talk about this, just because I know I did see some tweets of people saying, you know, that Elliot's wife wasn't able to handle the transition and that, you know, that sucks because your partner is supposed to support you and love you regardless. And I think that's not really a fair take considering that we don't even know what their relationship is. And even if they're separating, they very very well may have still a positive relationship with each other. So I guess the moral of the story is mind your business. It's like, especially like if it's like a celebrity, like go do something productive. Like don't waste your time trying to get involved and invested in why two celebrities got divorced from each other. It's just not really worth it in my opinion. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, uh, Elliot's, um, uh, partner. Sorry, I want to get their name because I feel bad by just calling. Um, um, her name is Emma Portner. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what it is. Yeah. So like Emma's response to Elliot coming out was really beautiful, and uh, and I, I don't doubt with a um, second in my mind that that she is supportive of Elliot and she supports him and his identity and is fully accepting of who he is. So I don't want to put that out there. Like I like I know for a fact that she has she's expressed that publicly. And so regardless of the reasons they're separating, it's none of our business. And at the end of the day, even if she was like, Yeah, you're trans and I don't know if I can be with you, that's still super valid. And that's something that they've worked at through together and that they're working through together. And it seems like they they have worked through that. So um at the end of the day, as long as they're both happy, they're both able to be themselves, be who they are, then who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. Exactly. And um, speaking of being who they are, somebody, a pretty big, my favorite high story. profile celebrity, um, honestly, queen at this point. Queen. The new Ellen. <laughs> the new Ellen <laughs> has just emerged. The new Supreme. Um, Jojo Siwa, I'm sure pretty much everybody knows who she is. She's literally like in every store ever yeah, made she's in America. Huge. Yeah. So she came out earlier this week um, on Twitter. And first, I just want to say I'm really happy for her. I can't imagine how much pressure 
is on her even before coming out. Like there's so many kids around the entire world that look up to her. There's so many parents that are constantly buying her merchandise and showing her content to their kids and like looking up to her as a positive role model, role model for her children, for their children. So like that's a huge burden on its own. Also taking into account that now she's come out and obviously certain parents are going to have something to say about it, whether or not they approve. We can get into that a little bit later. But I just think she's so fucking brave for coming out, considering that her demographic is largely children. And she has to not only deal with the children and being a positive role model for them, but also with their parents, who are essentially probably the ones buying most of her merchandise for their children. So I think it's just really admirable that she was able to come out regardless of all that big pressure. And I know she most likely was probably debating this for a long time. And the fact that she was able to finally do it, I'm just really happy for her. Yeah. I know a lot of people are like, well, like it's not really big, like everyone's gay. It's not a big deal to come out these days, but like this specific situation, I, I feel like is so monumental. And like you were saying, it's because Jojo Siwa isn't just like a person, like she is a brand. She represents like, like so much with her branding like obviously being everywhere uh sold by nickelodeon like just have so much merchandise everywhere so her doing this is like not only her coming out as like herself but also like just like her whole brand has just um opened like just has opened up to like this if that makes any sense but like so she's gonna get criticism from parents obviously because she is a role model for for kids but I, that's why I think this is so important is because her as a brand representing children, um, them being able to get this representation, seeing this representation, being normalized into a life that has this representation is so fucking, this is like, I can't imagine like being a child and having like a, a role model who was like, who was gay and like out publicly and so happy and proud of themselves. And like, I just, I didn't have that. I had like, I had like my secret YouTube interest of like of random trans people that I watch, but no one knew about. But like now this person's so public and out and and it's just it's so like my heart is is so warm for all that she's done and all that she's said. And she's coming out with these amazing like responses talking about her identity, about how like she considers herself a part of the LGBT community, but she doesn't want to put any specific labels right now because she doesn't even know. She's like, she's so like mature and it's like really, really cool um, to see um, her come out. She came out with like a video on TikTok of I think her like dancing to Born This Way, I think. Um, And I think that's what it sparked everything. And then uh, she kind of like announced it from there. And then I think the second thing I saw was when she was wearing a shirt that her cousin got her that said best gay cousin ever. And I thought that was really cute. And so um, it's really it's really fun to see someone like her coming out and like something I wouldn't have expected because I've like seen some of her YouTube channels. I see how she kind of talks about her brand. And it seems like that's so important to her that as soon as I saw that she was gay, my immediate instinct was like, what about her bows? Like, how are they going to sell? Which is fucked up. But, like, it is, like, really cool because, like, that is what we need. Like, that's that's what we need in, like, in the world where we can 
yeah, this bitch can be gay and she can sell her bows and it can all be like one package deal. And that's, that's fun to me. It's kind of sad. Like I was so happy for her when I saw it, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I was also thinking about all the negatives. Like you said, she's basically a brand and her branding is very like traditionally feminine. There's a lot of bows and sparkles and glitters and pink and all that type of stuff. So I mean, personally for me, I I don't think that should be changing anything, but I know a lot of people are going to question like, so how are we going to have all this feminine toy, all these feminine toys if the spokesperson is gay? Like, I just know that's something that's going through a lot of people's heads and I'm like torn because I want to be happy for her, but I'm also like stressing out because I know all the suburban moms that are like conservative and saw this tweet are like looking at this right now or like frantically panicking like oh my god I need to get rid of all my Jojo Siwa shit I'm never gonna buy it anymore for my kids and I think that's so sad because like how many kids are going to just automatically not be able to watch Jojo Siwa or like wear any of her merch anymore because their parents are either going to take it away or tell them that like she's a bad person because she came out and that's like it's just really shitty that I mean, at the end of the day, she's still like, how old is she? I think she's <laughs> 17. She? Okay, yeah. So she's like still basically a kid. And like, I I know there are probably actual adults, like 40, 30, 50 year olds, like attacking her for her decision to come out and be brave and be herself. And it's just really sad that we can't just focus on the positive. It always has to go to the negative. And she has been doing like a really good job at responding to hate. Like on Instagram, I saw like somebody say, I'm never buying any of your stuff ever again. Like my kids are not going to play with any more JoJo Siwa merch. And her response was just, okay, like that's it. So I think she's doing an amazing job at responding to hate. I can't imagine how much pressure she's under like granted she's getting a lot of love but I know she's also getting a lot of hate and that's it just sucks like you just want to be happy for someone and you want them to be their true self but there's always those people that have issues with other people apparently being happy and living their life and being their true selves like that bothers some people but I do hope either Nickelodeon or Disney or somebody does something with her to like have really good representation for kids for lgbt representation like i would have killed to have something like that on the tv or on the screen when i was like a teenager because that would have made my life so much easier so yes there are obviously people going that are going to criticize her but i think overall she's doing so much positive work yeah i um jojo she was just an icon and like and I used to like. Ellen's canceled, but JoJo. Can we get the JoJo <laughs> yeah, right. Show? She's. I keep seeing like these TikToks of like there's someone with like uh, their hand over their heart and like they're playing the boomerang song by JoJo Siwa and it's like my new national my new national anthem. And um, I think it's funny because uh, there's this whole like notion of like wow we like we we see this this person who's doing so much for the community. We see, keep seeing like. Um, um, people come out and support Jojo because it is a really incredible thing. The fact that she, um, she is such a popular figure, especially with um, children and that 
that this is monumental. And like you said, she was, uh, she's being like, obviously harassed and um, being like uh, uh, targeted by a lot of like these suburban conservative, like white people who are like, fuck you. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, but she's still like profit off of what you bought her for your kid. Like she is this gay woman who has made money, has made her coin from all these bows and you can't do anything about it. Um, and that's, what's really, really awesome and great to see. Um, but yeah, I, I love Jojo Siwa, an amazing, amazing person. Um, I'm really excited to see what her future has in store for her, who she becomes, um, and all, all the good. I just really hope and am, am really, I don't know. I just really hope all the good goes, goes her way. All in all, congratulations, Miss Jojo. We love you. You're an icon. She's literally going to be like the president one day, probably. I can see it. Like she's 17 and she's Jojo C. Watts for 2020. Honestly, like her net worth, like I can never, I can't even fathom how much money she's made off of all of her merchandise. So props to you, girly. Um, But that now leads us to our final topic of the day. And I know everybody that's listening to this is probably just as happy as we are, but we now have a new president of the United States and a new vice president. Donald Trump does not exist anymore in my mind. I'm erasing him. He was part of the past. We're going to kick him to the curb and that's over. We survived four years of torture. Now it's time to go back and pick up all of the pieces that he destroyed. Um, So Obviously, we have a new president, Joe Biden, and just like in his first week, he's started to put in a lot of executive orders, specifically in regards to the LGBT and trans community, which makes me really happy because for four years, we just got shit on consistently. Every executive order that came out of Trump's office was like inherently transphobic and restricted us from doing certain things like joining the military. It gave us no protection in certain states and allowed discrimination to happen in the workplace, in the medical field, basically anywhere in certain states for trans people to get discriminated on based off of their gender identity. Um, So yeah, we just wanted to kind of go over two main orders that he put out recently in regards to the LGBT community that have already pretty much kind of changed the mood of the community in regards to us being seen and feeling safe in this country. Yeah. And like, like you said, like Trump is finally fucking out. And I honestly forgot he existed until you brought his name up again. Cause like, it's so, because he doesn't have a Twitter now, like he is nobody. He's out. They kicked him out and he is like actually like a nobody now. Like he has no voice. He has no opinion. It doesn't matter. He's nobody. So it's really cool that we finally have moved on to someone who is not Trump. <laughs> I, I want to say bigger and better, but obviously <laughs> I, I I have a very strong opinions of Biden, but um, definitely have been seeing some, at least some progress that, that are being made, um, some correcting that's being uh, had uh, with like the trans military ban. That's something that's, that's has stuck out with me for so long that like, um, it was August 17th of 2017. I wrote an introduction for this like little music blog and it was for 
um, it was to kind of celebrate and to showcase all these transgender artists from Bandcamp. And so they were just like pushing them out. They, they made, uh, it was an article from Gold Flake Paint. They like made, compiled a list of trans artists and like wrote a little review about like their music and like promoted it so um, they could get all this money. And uh, it was really, really special because it, this whole, um, this whole event came out of after Trump, uh, sorry, the whole event was a result of Trump to having the military banned and uh, what that meant for the community. And that was a big thing for the community once that happened, because that was like singling out, like singling out a, a group of people. That was like one of the first like big things that and the Muslim ban were like really huge um, that you're like, wow, okay, he's actually singling out people. And this is like a fucking authoritarian government we live in. And so I remember that date because I remember the the words that I wrote and I remember talking about how scary it was being trans, especially during this administration. Um, and to see that how many years, like four years later, that now, now like that's corrected. That doesn't exist anymore. People can be in the fucking military and, and have their surgeries paid for through military fucking money. Like who cares? Um, which also it wasn't even a lot of money on the grand scheme of how much the military fucking gets. So um, yeah, that's, that's definitely was such a, like a, a great thing to see. Um, and I'm, I'm honestly just like really happy with these like little steps that are being like made. Cause I know that it's gonna, it's gonna result into something bigger and better in a world that's filled with nothing but Jojo Siwas. And, <laughs> and <laughs> And I'm just like really fucking happy. I will say though, there was some drama on Twitter with the fucking bitches with the hashtag Biden erased women. And oh like, I want, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say, but that pissed me off. I saw, I went on Twitter and I was like, what? Where did all the women go? <laughs> <laughs> we killed that. Yeah. Um, before I talk about that, I do just kind of want to like talk about how crazy it is that we really did go through some shit for the last four years. Like I feel like in the last four years, um, like exposure for the trans community has like blown up. So pretty much a lot more, I wouldn't say pretty much everybody, but a lot of people, a lot more people know about trans identities as opposed to before. And I started my transition like at the end of the Obama administration and like at that point, I was like so optimistic. I was so excited to start living my new life because we were living in this country that seemed to be so accepting. And then Trump became president and we have all this exposure and we have all these people coming out and advocating for trans rights. But the fucking president of the country literally hates us. So it's like there's this explosion of trans identities coming out and people educating and talking about what it's like to be different on the gender spectrum or be different than what's considered normal. But at the same time, we have a president in an administration that's doing literally everything that they can in order to take our rights away. So I think now that we have Biden, I don't want to get too excited, but I think it's just a step in the right direction. I think a lot of people are happy, happier, more optimistic and more excited for the future moving forward now that Trump is gone. So yes, thankful for that. And now going into the whole like 
Biden erased women thing. I was so confused because like, I genuinely don't understand how making it so that trans people don't get discriminated against is like erasing women. Like the link to those two things doesn't make sense to me. Something's not clicking. I don't know if if I don't get it, but there's literally nothing about adding rights or giving rights or protections to trans people that takes away anything from anybody else. Nothing. Like, it's not like we have some type of advantage or we get special protections. Like, people, most people don't get discriminated on when they go to the dentist or to the doctor's office. Most people don't get fired because of their gender identity. So we are already at a huge disadvantage and all we want is protection and to not be fired over these stupid things, which cis men and cis women already have. So like, I don't, I don't understand how us getting simple protections and simple administrations to protect our rights in certain facets of our lives is going to change anything for anybody else. Like if you're not trans, just shut up and keep it moving. Like who cares? Yeah. So one of the biggest things uh, is how um, Biden is uh, making it easy for men to just say they're women's to get um, advantage or to like get all the the advantages of being a woman or whatever that may be or stuff like that. Like it's by saying that trans women are women, it always comes down to trans women too. The, this situation never happens with trans men. It's always the center, the center of attention is always trans women because they cannot fathom that someone who is born um, um, male can transition. And like, that's just so fucking creepy to people, which is so fucked up. But um, it always has to do with this whole notion of, of, of yeah, they're going to take advantage of, of that, um, that these people aren't even trans. But like you people having an opinion so strong, like creating a hashtag Biden race women, why would anyone want, want to fucking be trans? Why would anyone purposely go through this riddle when there are fucking hashtags like this? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And it's never made any sense to me. And so that's like one of the biggest reasons why I get so angry when I when I see some turfy ass shit like this. Like I I genuinely I I I get so frustrating. And I, I see a lot of people being nervous about like sports and having trans people play in sports. And I'm sorry that a grown up catch is fucking so important to people. Like it's just people throwing balls around and like all of a sudden, like that's like the fucking, it's the end of the world. If a trans person plays um, on a team that, that is the gender identity that they are. Like, I'm so sorry that, that you're so offended of this. And um, I don't know. It just seems like a future that we're going to head into where gender isn't going to be so black and white, which is amazing. It's what we need. It's, it's, we need more, um, fluidity and because everything and how we have processed and seen gender always has been so constricting and it's why there's so much trauma based around being trans and all the, the all the experiences trans people have experienced um, and I'm so happy that this is these are big steps these are big steps for trans women not being killed on the streets like these are huge steps and so by normalizing uh, things by like having these like by law to not discriminate against trans people it's it's so important like um 
I'm so tired of seeing statistics at every year of the amount of black women, trans women that are being murdered. And it's like, because we live in a fucking society, we truly live in a society that, um, that just discriminates for people being who they are. So I, I've always just had an issue like with that. So when I see news and executive um, orders that uh, that are coming out that are so positive for the community, I get so joy like jo- joyful because I know what it means and what it's going to mean. And yeah, there's just a lot of hope with the administration that I'm I'm genuinely hyped for. I don't want to get too hyped because I don't expect much, but I, I do see a lot of a lot of things that Trump have have placed. I'm seeing them all be corrected and going back to a more progressive place, which I'm I'm praying for. I agree. And it it I mean, if you think about it, like how much of a precedent does the president set for the country? Like if the president of the United States puts out executive orders to limit the rights of trans people, it basically gives the rest of the country permission to spew hatred and you know, oh my God, well, the president said so-and-so, so obviously this is the way it should be. So the fact that we don't have that anymore, I think it's going to put us in the right direction. A lot of the things that people say are like really not backed up by any sense of evidence whatsoever. There's literally so much science and so many rebuttals to the things that people claim about like trans women being in, competing in sports and all of these types of things that have literally there, there is science behind these things and you're actually wrong, but people just choose not to listen to the statistics and the studies. Like I know the whole trans women competing in sports or whatever has been such a huge issue. There are so many studies that prove that a trans person that's been, have been on hormone replacement therapy for a certain period of time essentially don't have any advantage at all over their cisgender counterparts. And even that, you know, there are so many cis women that are born with traditionally what people like to see as masculine bodies. There are women that have broader shoulders. There are women that have more muscle content than other women do. Like it's just, it's not really just in regards to being trans. There's so many different ways to be a woman, a woman, even if you're not trans. So I think we're going in the right direction to kind of show that there's more than one way to be one type of gender or to identify a certain way when it's been like so, so constricted for so long. So yeah, I'm excited. Not too excited, still a little bit cautious, but you can't deny that we're going in the right direction. Yeah. And so with that being said, I'm, I'm really excited for for everything coming up. And I'm, I'm happy that we're able to have this conversation and talk about these things. Um, it's been so, so great to just like, like I said, to go on the news and then just to be presented with things that like bring me so much happiness. When I see news stories that like affirm like the future that one day I'm going to bring kids into, like it, it's, it's so, it's so nice to know that like, okay, they're not going to struggle the way that I struggled. Like future generations aren't going to go through all the trauma that we're going through. And I'm just hoping that we kind of have this administration push forward uh, ways to like help that, whether that's through um, gender and like normalizing people who are trans, whether that's through um, climate change um, uh, policies, whether that's with healthcare policies, any um, 
schooling and like student loan debt and stuff like that, whether it's it's any of the, any of those things, I, I'm I'm really excited to see those social safety nets available to help um, my future family, the future generations to come. So I just want to just say how happy I am. And I think the world is definitely going into a good place. So yeah, I'm happy you uh, stuck around and listened. Um, I'm, I'm, I think 2021 has definitely been off to a weird start with the capitals raid, but definitely has kind of um, feeling like there's a lot of hope. Yes. Thank you, Jojo Siwa, also for providing so much of that hope to us. Queen like We Jojo. really needed a guiding rainbow in this world of darkness to bring us to light, and that's what she did. So thank you. And we should you. buy bows and take photos oh, of ourselves my God. and um, make, make that our new logo, is us and Jojo bows. We should. Us and Jojo bows, but holding Harry Potter wands. <laughs> I had to bring her out. We couldn't uh, go one episode without. I thought I was just thinking, like, oh my god, we're at fifty-eight minutes right now. We haven't mentioned J.K. Rowling <laughs> once, but um, it's just a ritual now. It's it's fine. This is a random thought that someone messaged us on on Instagram. I don't know if you saw saying that they can make a quiz that we're because we asked last time if anyone can make a quiz um, with us to, about like kind of making like a trans quiz or whatever oh. and we like would like make the questions and stuff so someone messaged us on on instagram saying they could do that for us Wait, and i was thinking what what if we do it but every like no matter what questions you answer at the end it's always going to be like ill you're a tranny with like a photo of, of jk rowling jk rowling and I think, does not approve of your <laughs> that would, yeah something like that it, it would just be like just somehow that your answer is always going to be the same of just like a photo of jk rowling even if it's just a photo Hilarious. i thought that'd be funny okay we can stop talking about her now but yes the, to a future with more jojo siwa <laughs> more jojo less jk sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll see you guys in the next episode if you um uh, haven't already definitely follow us on instagram and twitter and facebook and everywhere you can possibly think at girlish podcast or you can go to our website girlishpodcast.com and be kept up to date with their newest episodes and link to all of our socials so thank you for the constant support and the constant love and we appreciate you all so much Yes. Thank you all for listening and we will see you again with another episode. Bye. Bye.